Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security <coughs> and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. Todd Workhoven. Hello, Mark Middleton. How are you? I am good. It's been a good couple of last weeks. Weeks? Yes. Weeks. Last week. Last. <laughs> a good couple of attorneys general. <laughs> Whoppers Jr. <laughs> Whoppers Jr. <laughs> no, uh, that's Carl's Jr. N- n- no, the, they make a small version <laughs> of Whoppers called Whopper Jr. <laughs> I'll have two so Whoppers I, Jr. Right, but you can't say that because Whopper Jr. is, is the, the brand name. name, and so that gets a apostrophe. What was that? I I don't know. It was it sounded like a. It was a, like a bar, a, metal bar. It was weird. <laughs> I I do not know. Huh. Well, something. Hi. So we're back. Oh, hello. Hello. Um, you know, the the other day I was. <laughs> I I actually. Hey, what were you doing the other day? I I misplaced Dwayne Johnson's cutting tool for the origami workshop. Oh shoot! I lost the rocks, paper, scissors. <laughs> Well, there's a long lead on that one. <laughs> the rocks. All right, I liked that one. <laughs> uh, Keelan, who was a friend of mine, uh, messaged me one day, and um, he was like, "I can't believe I laughed out loud." I can't remember the setup of the joke, but it was uh, it was the Pac Man, something about Pac Man and salsa and guac- guacamole, and it was a guac- guaca guaca word <laughs> like that. He's like, I'm so mad. I walk laughed a walk at that. A walk. What what is what does Pac-Man eat with his with his tortilla chips? Waka guacamole. So terrible. <laughs> well, welcome to another episode of the Mark and Toddcast. I'm Todd Borkoven, joined as always by Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I, I'm well. Today I'm a, a bit bedraggled. As you had uh, a big day yesterday. We were, yeah. Me and Nicholas um, <clears throat> were. Highly involved in the uh, preparation and setup and uh, execution of Weird Portland United's photo shoot that went off really, really well. Yes. And, and so we had 15 of the luminaries of weirdness in Portland's history and present and future. And uh, so I, I got to spend, I, I spent like 20 minutes with just chatting with with Mayor Bud Clark yeah. and uh, with uh, Storm Large and Poison Waters and Darcel and Rojo uh, the Therapy Llama. Rojo the Therapy Llama, who is awesome and totally <laughs> chill. And uh, it's so fun watching Rojo arrive going down the street. Uh, and I was, you know, helping them get into the back <laughs> service entrance and, and all this stuff. And, and so these, Three little kids uh, saw Rojo like a block away, and they're like, uh, um, "What's the, what's the thing that's not a llama that uh, 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 camel? <laughs> no, jeez, no, no, no. uh, uh, I totally messed emu. up. Emu. No, no, no. 
no, that's the thing that's not, not an ostrich. It's, uh, I'll think about it. But the kids were, oh, I want to shout this like a little kid. And uh, like we'll cut, the, we'll a, cut this all out. Li- yeah, I'm sorry, thing I'm that is not a llama. Uh, alpaca. Alpaca, and yeah, so, dang now, but so there's the, alpacas next to my church. Three kids were like, look, Dad, it's an alpaca. <laughs> like, and I kind of wanted to correct them, but... Uh, alpacas have lanolin. Uh, <laughs> I, it comes naturally. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Rojo the Llama. Yeah, and and uh, so they, they got to pet Rojo and everything. And, and, He's a therapy llama, uh, recently retired, but he's but he goes to organizations and yeah. And, uh, Colin, uh, Colin, who is one of the kids I take care of, his grandma is a, is a counselor and therapist, and will often post pictures of like, oh, Rojo showed up at our at our thing today, or yeah. our, you know, and the chillest like has. It doesn't unflappable. The last time I saw Rojo the Therapy Llama was at the um, Starlight Parade, and there were a thousand marching bands. Oh, yeah. And they just stand it, and people coming up to him and and petting him and shoving him. him Yeah. Doesn't just chill. Doesn't spit. Doesn't, doesn't. It's like, yeah. He likes, like, one of the photo shoot scenes was at the bar, and uh, somebody had, like, a glass, and, and, they were using that to direct Rojo's head because oh, okay. he really wanted beverage and food, <laughs> kind of food motivated, food very food motivated. Didn't care about anything else. Ever. That's so. Just where was there. where was the photo shoot at? At the um, not, I want to call it the Century Hotel, but it's the um, um, Heathman. No, it's it. Oh, speaking of the Heathman, so yeah, you can find it. Um, a while ago, we uh, Brian and I went to the Portland Symphony or the Oregon Symphony uh, when Storm Large, speaking of, uh, sang for them. And, I, and I'm pretty sure I, I told this story on the show, but how during intermission we were whisked away into the secret yes. upstairs room that yes, opened yes, up yes, onto yes. this grand whatever. And I couldn't find any mention of it or blueprints. Well, I finally figured out what that was. There is some adjoining hallway of some sort that adjoins the um the keller no that's not the keller the schnitzer the, Schnitt, the arlene schnitzer concert hall with the heathman, heathman hotel and the heathman hotel has some conference room and like this big beautiful library which is where we ended up but there was there was no designation when we went up there and it was like this just back room and so that kind of scratched an itch at least so in the same spirit as the heathman is the old governor hotel which is now the Sentinel Hotel. And okay. so it's the Sentinel Hotel and it's just beautiful. It's it's that old classic. Yeah. You, know, you feel like you need a cigar. Yeah. Uh, you know, Frank Sinatra's it, in the corner yeah. somewhere. And so it was in the library at the Sentinel wow. and then down at the bar of the Sentinel. And it was a phenomenal venue, really, really cool. And every single person that committed to being there was there. Wow. And it um it just went off really smooth. And, you know, Bud Clark, Mayor Bud Clark, he was mayor in the mid 80s, uh, super famous for uh, his expose yourself to art thing. And, and he owns the Goose Hollow Inn, which I didn't know. Oh, interesting. And there every day, apparently. He's owned that for like <laughs> and He's 50 like 93. Years. Is that what you said? He's 89. 80. He's 88 Something? or 89. Okay. I think he's 88. Uh, but super sharp as whip and. Yeah. Uh, Sharp as a knife, stick, <laughs> tack, poker, <laughs> poker. Oh, I'm on the wrong. Barely. Yeah. What? 
And I barely knew her. And so, so Bud, I got to hang out with Bud. Bud and Darcel uh, went to high school together. Oh, <laughs> We're in this wow. Same, same graduating class. That and, is crazy. Right. Darcel, who I believe has the Guinness Book of World Record uh, for being the oldest drag queen, continually, continually performing or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. And wow. has been a Portland mainstay of weird for, yeah. forever. And, um, but, but Clark. And Darcel's uh, is so a club name too, right? Yeah, Darcel. Yeah. Darcel's. Yeah, Darcel's. or something like yeah, that. Darcel's, I don't know. Darcel's. Okay. Yeah, not CC Slaughter's, which I always get it confused not, with, which I have CC never Slaughter's. been in. It just intrigues it's, me. It's like the great. world's worst name for a place that you'd want to go, CC Slaughter's. Just imagine a bunch of meat, like a meat packing plant in there. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <in>. much. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and that's why I've never been inside. <laughs> but yeah, and I had I, it, and well, you'll hear more about this later in this episode because we just talked with Uni, the Unipiper about the photo shoot but yeah it was it was one of those times where i just was bummed i had to work and and couldn't be there and it was a weird thing that was on a saturday morning kind of at a weird time so i'm so, sad i missed it but yeah. glad so, that everybody's assuring me i can still meet these people yeah and so pretend to be friends with them uh several of those people we uh i was roping into <laughs> the mark and todd cast so i believe we'll uh We'll definitely have Daria uh, and... It's uh, a verbal contract. It's, it's legally it's, binding. It's, <laughs> take a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> and you are committed. And uh, I want to get uh, Toby Stroud, uh, Toby Froud uh, yes. here. Uh, who, and, spoiler, and I know I, everyone's going to have to hear this twice, but Toby Froud, who was... Um, who, if you remember the 1984, 1986, can't remember which one, movie Labyrinth with Jennifer Connelly with a great Jim Henson movie that is just one of my one of my favorites since childhood. He played um, the baby in that, whose name was Toby, wore the striped black and black and white pajamas and red white, gets yeah. um, a red and white. Yeah. And uh, gets kidnapped by the Goblin King. Um, and he apparently. <laughs> Nobody told me until yesterday. Lives here in Portland. He and lives works, here in Portland. Is an amazing puppeteer and is working on the Dark Crystal and works with Leica Studios and yeah. And so um, and, and he has to be in what in the mid thirties because I guess he was 35. a baby when yeah okay. thirty he's thirty five so super still charming super good old enough super I could guy. consider him to be a best friend yes absolutely <laughs> <Okay>. we're working <laughs> on that so. Mark you may be being replaced <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh, so yeah that that is going to be amazing and like I said you'll hear a little bit more about that later in the show but um there is one more thing about my cruise that i did uh that i forgot to mention and that um was going without the internet was was interesting we at least got to use it you know in in port every day and check stuff but um the thing that was hardest was that because i no longer know how to watch tv like they had the tv and they had i don't know six or seven different on demand, like Discovery Channel and Animal Planet, and, and all the three audiobooks and three audiobooks, which were amazing, which I listened to a, a large portion of, apparently. Um, but I missed you to most of all. Oh, <laughs> like I kept yeah. every time I turned on the TV, I expected there to be something new for me oh, to watch yeah. or like a new recommended or something like that. And just how ingrained only watching YouTube has affected like my ability to get into oh, like a half hour 
Like, who's got that time? I need a six-minute video on how the Golden Gate Bridge was built. What are you crazy? <laughs> so that was that was an interesting thing to to, you know the, to miss. The YouTube rabbit hole that I've been going down recently is there's a few channels. One is like Defunct Land, yes, and, and stuff, which is the history of of uh, theme parks. And I'm a theme park junkie yeah. from Southern California, and I had annual passes to Disneyland and uh, uh, the Universal Studios and and Six Flags Magic Mountain and all these and love theme parks. And there's some really great YouTube channels that dissect all the little tiny nuances of I watched rides. a great one on the Haunted Mansion yeah. of how they do all the illusions and all of that. that that's, a, that's a really good one. Yeah. The, the re-theming that they do. Uh, over of old Halloween, rides. Uh, oh, uh, Halloween they bring in for um, in the haunted mansion, they retheme it to the nightmare before Christmas. Oh, and cool. Re, yeah, uh, so all the, all yeah. the, so, uh, but rides that are gone from yesteryear, so journey to inner space and the uh, just so many things yeah uh, people mover and just just everything. that's cool I, yeah that people mover story is interesting too yeah. um uh cool well like i said it's been a, a great past couple of weeks for me culminating in something that i picked up this morning now the last couple months um the pride share this two acre property with my uh with the lady that owns the the place that i live in and her lawnmower and weed whacker has been out of business or out of not service. working, out of service. Um, and apparently it takes a long time to get them fixed in the summer because everybody's stuff is broken. And so I've just needed something to get down some of the taller grass and weeds around the house. I was like, I, I need a scythe is what I need. And so like <laughs> I went and there's one that you can buy like off of Amazon, but it's just like this cheap aluminum, whatever. And it's like $85. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And so I went to like Ace Hardware and bought this thing that's kind of shaped like a golf club. Um, but at the bottom, it's kind of a long, like where the, the long serrated thing that you can do golf club motions and, and that sort of works, but doesn't. And so Yesterday, this nice lady, Betty, from my church, posts this thing saying, my dad's antique, antique scythe, which is actually still in good condition and very sharp, you know, I need to get rid of $20. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. I'm literally looking for a scythe. And this just drops in my lap from a lady at church. So yeah, today after <laughs> after church, she helped me load up the scythe in my car, and I was showing you outside. It's really really cool. And so, so you you remarked back with Matthew seven seven, ask and you shall receive, yes. seek and you shall find, <laughs> knock in the door. Will exactly. You, had, you speak. It, it was just like in what the bleep do we know? I had to speak it out into the universe, <laughs> exactly. and it. Uh, so I was Not very excited. Yes. <laughs> so I'll be reassembling my scythe when I get home and, and, and using that. But. Yeah. I, I was given the scythe tour a little <laughs> while ago and it's impressive <laughs> and looks straight out of uh, a Grim Reaper. Yeah. You know, and that uh, blade, is, it's way longer than kind of I was anticipating. I guess. It's a little curved, but I would say it's like a three foot long blade. Yeah, oh, it's, it's solid. And yeah. Uh, sharp and and weighty. And yeah, it's got it's got girth to it, and people 
absolutely most humans, including myself, have very little appreciation for a scythe. Mm-hmm. If you look at some videos of people, which I have, clearing <laughs> clearing fields with with a scythe, it is a remarkable tool that's been used for centuries and is incredibly functional. Yeah, and just a little hard on your body. Day. Yeah, a little hard on your body, but but uh, finally something that will work off my my love handles <laughs> is exactly what I need. So yeah, nice. So yeah, I'm very excited about that. I did have a couple questions um, that I wrote down the last couple of weeks that perhaps you can answer. So I was watching The Abyss for some reason, okay. um, uh, which is a movie where they go into the abyss under underwater, you know, and so there's all the all the different pressures and all the different things that, that happen to you when you go that far underwater. And I was trying to think <clears throat> if you had like a bag full of air that you sunk, is there a point where that bag of air would just be pulverized more or less down into nothingness um not nothingness what it would ultimately become is liquid uh air you know if okay. there were an ocean deep enough right and so if you think of the you know deepest point on uh earth is just over six miles is it the mariana trench mariana's trench and so at six times 5,280, and so that's 31 or 32,000 feet. And you divide that by... I didn't know there'd be so much math involved. By 33, you get the number of atmospheres, so 960 uh, atmospheres, and you multiply that... <laughs> Times atmospheric pressure. I'm going to start assembling my side here in the meantime. <laughs> times 14.7 pounds Jeez per Louise. square inch. You get 14,000 pounds. pounds per square inch okay. at the Mariana's Trench, which I still don't think is enough to liquefy air. Okay. Uh, you know, but it would nitrogen. act just like if you put like a plastic bottle or whatever and it kind of crunches up or whatever. <clears throat> it would eventually, I mean, even at the bottom of the ocean. At it least definitely a little it bit, compresses correct? significantly okay. uh, astronomically. Uh, so we would, as as kind of a fun exercise, <laughs> uh, do some of these kind of things on the submarine. So if you take a piece of wire and string it from wall to wall in the submarine, it's like twenty five feet across uh, the the inside of the submarine. God, that's crazy small. At the, at the surface, right? And as you dive and go down deeper, the walls of the submarine are pressurizing and, and, and squeezing in. Oh, my god! And gosh. you would watch the, the wire dip and become I don't care slack, for that at all. <laughs> become slack. Uh, you know, the and the, um, the steel walls are... Uh, it, HY80, it's it's three or four inches thick, uh, steel, uh, you know, and That's all insane. of that is pressurizing in. So, <clears throat> so that was one of like demonstrating that the submarine is getting smaller as right. it goes down. The other thing that we would do is we have a thing called a line locker, which is there's there's two holes on the submarine. We we have one. The inner hole is where the people live in. And that stays at normal 14.7 atmospheric pressure as if you're on the surface. Okay. And the outer hole is where we keep uh, air and uh, 
that's the ballast tanks. Okay. So we've got air and water in these tanks, and and we those line lockers are uh, open. They're vented to the ocean, and that's where they keep the ropes that are used for attaching the submarine okay. to the dock, right? Okay. And so we don't need to keep those inside. They're super right. big and long and whatever. And and so we keep them in the line lockers on the outside. So you've got this space that is enclosed. And so we would throw a couple styrofoam cups in there. And what happens to styrofoam is it gets hyper compressed and it squeezes out all of the air from the styrofoam and a regular coffee cup sized styrofoam cup ends up looking like a little shot glass when we come back up does to it, the surface because it squeezes all the air does out. it do it fairly uniformly absolutely uniformly. oh that's and crazy so you just have a miniaturized version of a coffee it's like cup. a shrinky dink it is a hundred percent like a shrinky dink <laughs> and so we would do line locker coffee cup that's you know, that's cool and, but they're really solid because they are foamy anymore right, it's right. like solid plastic, plastic almost yeah it was weird really weird uh, experiments with uh, air and so then what like if you dropped a like let's say you have an, an oxygen tank like a metal tank and you open that a little bit and you drop that to the bottom of the ocean is the air coming out of that going to be crushed or since it, it comes out at the bottom is it going to be regular bubbles uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things going on in that question so is there more math it, it, there, there's math so um it would, as long as the air on the inside of the container is at a higher pressure than the water on the outside, it. right? It will, when you open up the tank, it would expel air out until it equalized. And then just just like in our normal atmosphere, then it would just be full of water where, right. uh, and it would, it would drain out. So the bubbles would come out, but they would just be smaller if you did that next to a comparable tank at the surface right okay and so the bubbles would just be Break smaller up. okay but they would be denser air okay yeah that know? makes sense and so they would be compressed more and thicker right. of air <laughs> so uh, weird it is it's all really weird weird okay well uh, another 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 question so for christmas or for my birthday i can't remember which one you gave me the the wish.com series of never ending yes. gifts and one of those birthday. yeah birthday and so one of those was um it's over here in my bag <laughs> shocking pen shocking pen <laughs> I'll let you play around with. I was oh, playing perfect. around with it yesterday. So you, which is weird because like it when you click the pen to open it up, that's when you get a shock. But the bottom of the pen already has the the nib of the pen out, so oh, okay. nobody nobody is going to do it on. But anyway, so I was doing it in front of the boys, you know, and shocking myself and trying to get them to shock. And so I had one of them hold my hand uh-huh. while I pressed it. Right now, how come that didn't send a shock to him? Uh, so what? What you're doing is there's here, no circuit. There's no circuit. Okay. So there's uh, so what you could have done is you could have held the pen, held his hand and his other hand to depress the the other end. Okay. The, the tip. So as we're looking at the pen, there's a metal shaft of the pen, and then there's the depressor clicky part. The clicky part, which is mostly plastic with a little cap that is metal. 
And so uh, completing the circuit between this metal cap and the metal shaft is what is okay. putting electricity through your hand. Okay. So um, if so I hold it in one hand, I hold the shaft in one hand and then depress this with then the that's other. that's the circuit. That's the circuit through my body. So you could do that with two people. Now you're introducing a lot more resistance right. in there. And so the current flow will be smaller because V equals IR is uh, voltage Uh-oh. equals current times the resistance. So the higher the resistance, all these math questions, <laughs> higher the resistance with the same voltage, you're going to get lower current. And so uh, you won't have as much of a right. shock. Uh, I'll have to try that so this week. Get them then. wet first. <laughs> hose them down. <laughs> hose them down. And poke them with my electric pen. <laughs> there you that's, go. A, that's a way to keep a childcare job. Lower that resistance. Uh, Here, can you just <laughs> be. <laughs> Drink this saline water <laughs> and cover yourself in in, uh, <laughs> in this uh, conductive wow. grease. Uh, okay, well, one more thing before we get to a couple news stories here. Now, um, you've been kind of dealing with a lot of China stuff. You're learning a little Mandarin. You've um, been going there for work. And there's China and Hong Kong have been in yes. the news a lot lately yes. with a bunch of protests. So. There's kind of a couple of questions here. How close to Hong Kong are the places that you go? Is one like yeah, if there's a trial, if if there's something happening one, does that mean there's something happening the other? Like, is what's going on over yeah, there? Yeah, so uh, I'm not a, a huge Hong Kong expert. Uh, there's there's a history that goes here. It, it was a fully independent country um, at one point. It was a, a colony of uh, England. And England gave it back, I think, in 99. Mm. Uh, there was there was a yeah, surprisingly recent. recently. Yeah. yeah, it was given back to China. But China has a, a very different political culture than Hong Kong had. You know, they, they speak English in, in Hong Kong as well as Mandarin. And um, it's in the south. Uh, it's it's not um, near Beijing or Shanghai where I was, uh, but it is a very big thoroughfare of international trade, shipping, it's banking, uh, everything goes through Hong Kong because it's kind of this gateway to the east that that shares many of the Western values and language and and economies. It's it's an incredibly important. Uh, community Hub, and, it's, right. and it's also one of the most densely populated places on the planet uh it's this little town with eight and a half million people uh in in just the tiniest little little spot and so the it, huge high rises of apartments and super small spaces that yeah. people are living in and just uh in, incredible so uh they have a, upon release from England to China, they established this um, one country, two system agreement that said China what has a political... stupid country would only have two <laughs> political systems. Right. I mean, and so what the backwards people are these. So the uh, so the Chinese government had basically agreed to let Hong Kong live fairly autonomously under 
its umbrella. It's it's okay. a really really weird place uh, to to be. And so Hong Kong has its own judicial system and its own prisons and its own like everything. And a recent legislation was passed down from China uh, by the um, uh, what's her name? Carrie Lam is the uh, regional director. Of, uh, I'm, missing then that her title but she is in charge of hong kong um and governor of hong kong i believe okay. and uh so she brought down this uh direction from china that says if you are arrested in hong kong you can be extricated to china to be processed and that was um, not part of the two systems, one country or right. two, you know, and um, very, it received a tremendous amount of backlash because of the, the judicial systems between Hong Kong and China are very, very different. And so there's a lot of um, fear of um, them just taking people they don't like and, hauling them off and, to Mongolia or yeah, right and being disappeared and going to re-education camps and and a lot of things that happen and and so the protesters what kind of country would build a camp and then pretend it's not a concentration seriously <laughs> too soon <laughs> too, no, it's not it needs to be addressed um and so very astutely I like I think of a few years ago, we had Occupy Wall Street, and it, it, it's such a weird, like, I appreciate what the Occupy Wall Street was trying to do, but the lack of central organization and focus about what it is that they wanted right. made it uh, embarrassing right. uh, for a lot of people. Right. And what I appreciate is the Hong Kong protesters which now uh, it's been hundreds of thousands of people, uh, low number of millions of people out in the streets every weekend, uh, mostly throughout the week. They've shut down the airport multiple times. They've, they've really been effective at being present in, in mostly peaceful demonstrations. And uh, they have boiled down to five requests of uh you know we are protesting to accomplish these five things oh wow nice. and so that legislation has to be retracted uh, uh carrie lamb has to resign they have to release uh wait a minute the pro- <laughs> there was an effective outcry of the people and it had it <laughs> and it's, it worked it's, it's working uh it's not it's not worked yet okay uh, and they have said that this um this bill has been paused uh the processing of this bill has been paused they used a a really interesting language tactic to describe it uh that when translated into english the word uh I, I don't have the details of this, but the, the word to Western culture sound like, oh, it's been canceled. Okay. But the word in Mandarin meant basically put on hold. <laughs> right. And, uh, and it didn't mean the same thing. And so the protest is like, no, 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 that's, that's not what that means. Right. Uh, you, you gotta, no, 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 no. Uh, and so it's been really, really interesting watching videos of protesters 
engaging with frustrated uh, tourists uh, in the airports and everything oh, yeah. because it is is killed you know, and business travelers and everything. It's just killed transit uh, through Hong Kong. And um, the protesters have been incredibly articulate and uh, and organized. And uh, there's there's been some response to po- police brutality that appear to be violent but they are responding to police brutality where mm-hmm. they the police are uh by and large not incredibly um highly trained uh and so they're they're kind of brute forces that go in they uh they've had some um tear gas shot at people's eyes and just really you know bad situations and and so they i i really feel strongly for the people of hong kong and and hope that this can happen peacefully and i appreciate what they are going through and really super proud of their and like maybe uh, a new model way of how... to articulate and way to to get this across and and then we have our leader tweeting out about you know <laughs> yeah well in in news so that in no way is similar to what we just talked about uh <laughs> proud boys and Ant- uh. antifa were here this past weekend and apparently yeah. nothing happened and, and nothing everyone happened. away uh, so, yeah, so after weeks and weeks of stupid media hype and and we were at the photo shoot in downtown yesterday and and uh many 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 blocks from where the protests were to happen and tried to go to the coffee shop downstairs and it shut down everybody's (laughs) freaking out and then and so by and large dumb. it was just a big nothingness and thank goodness yeah and i did see and and finally and i didn't pull a story on this but i did see pictures today where some of the counter protesters so the proud boys are an out of town rabble rousing group of of people who get in the fights and then act like they're the victims of what they're ever they're doing and antifa is kind of an an, an anonymous type group um that always seems to take the bait and get in fights and do all sorts of stuff on their own. But it looked like yesterday there was more like the average type citizen who was just wearing like a fun costume or like just, you know, had a puppet or like, and so all these pictures of the proud boys where they're trying to act tough, they're like next to some guy with like a a purple dinosaur or whatever, (laughs) or like vegan or whatever. And so I'm glad that Portland is that. I know. Well, I'm glad because like, yeah, Regard and and my thoughts of either group exist outside of what both of their philosophies stand for, which is a totally different issue to me. Which I which I can get into too, which I won't because who who cares? But like the fact that Antifa keeps doing exactly what the Proud Boys yeah. want them to do, exactly. and then want me to congratulate them for keeping me safe. Right. And like get angry. They're like, you're a Nazi for not loving. And it's like, I, stop doing what they want you to do. Exactly. Have them gather down on the waterfront. Everyone stay 500 feet away. Nothing will happen. Absolutely. If they leave if their they little just... circle and pick fights, they will go to jail. Right. Like, I understand there's residual fears of, of after these protests, when these out of town people start roaming around the city and causing problems. But that's, that's a problem a in and of system, itself. Right. right. 
and not, and I appreciate that people want to stand up against them and they're just totally fine, you know, and great. I'm just glad we're doing it in different, in a different way. It looks like, and that nothing came out of this, even though we are on the front page of the drudge report yesterday too. (laughs) Tense in Portland. Tense. And then you posted your picture of actual camping camping tents (laughs) in Portland. Portland. (laughs) Tents in Portland. Anyway, well Uh, on to kind of happier and a little sad news. An Olive Garden website glitch during the Lifetime Pasta Pass promotion. Now, did you hear about this? No. This was big oh, news this last week. I, I don't think I did. So there is a never-ending Pasta Pass promotion that happened uh, this past Thursday, and 24,000 lucky fans were able to buy nine weeks of unlimited pasta, soup, salad, and breadsticks for $100. So 50 of those winners will have a chance to purchase the lifetime pass for $400. So it started at two o'clock and the never ending pasta passes sold out in about 10 seconds <laughs> of all the fans vying for the pass. 85% of the people um, opted to upgrade to the lifetime pass. So I had a friend who was dying to get one of these and wasn't able to. And so, um, but during to all the flood of the traffic on the promotion, uh, on the website, some people experience glitches from being able to uh, purchase the passes. <laughs> um, anyway, so Aww. I thought that was that was an amazing story that that sold out. <laughs> sold Ten out. Seconds. I mean, a lifetime of 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 pasta, soup, salad, and breadsticks for four hundred bucks. Yeah, that's pretty. Fantastic. That's pretty worth it. Yeah. So, well, I'm... sadly, we won't be getting those. But I, I wonder. I guess you can still get the the one year's worth for a hundred dollars. Huh. So you can either get Amazon Prime or as much <laughs> spaghetti as you can force down your um, fat American gullet. <laughs> what are the limits on that though? It I don't know. It, it says, says unlimited. unlimited. So yeah, nine weeks. I would just yeah, eat not, there. Unlimited pasta. So I mean, I'm sure you there's find a some twenty four hour one that's open, <laughs> and you just Olive live Garden. there. <laughs> Uh, I live in this booth. <laughs> it is my home now. There, wasn't there? I think there was a Dilbert cartoon where they found a 24-hour all-you-can-eat restaurant and they just moved, moved into in. the <laughs> and they just <laughs> took baths with wet wipes in the in the bathroom. It's <laughs> so awful. A whore's bath. <laughs> um, well, in more no- local news, the Confederate tribes of Grand Ron purchased the former paper mill at Willamette yes. Falls. Uh, so once home to the Charcoa village of the Cloella and uh, the Confederate tribes of the Grand Ronde, 23 acre site of the Washington developer or from Washington developer George uh, Heidgerkin. Wow, that's quite the last name. <laughs> Uh, the property is located with the tribes uh, within the tribes ancestral homelands and holds a significant historical and cultural importance for the Grand Ronde. Uh, quote, this is a historic day for the Grand Ronde tribe and our people, said Cheryl Kennedy, chairwoman of the Confederate tribe. Uh, Since 1855, the government has worked to disconnect our people from our homelands. Today, we're reclaiming a piece of those lands and resurrecting our role as caretakers to Willamette Falls. Uh, This area is part uh, this area is part of the lands ceded to the United States government uh, in 1855. And what that meant is that they just relocated and forcibly removed all of the people that were there and relocated them to Grand Ronde. 
um, tribal council members said the purchase and reacquiring of the land is a huge celebration. Uh, quote, Willamette Falls is the second largest waterfall in the United States by volume, I believe, uh, second to, I would imagine, Niagara Falls. Um, and let's Does see. the volume of Niagara Falls in the United States get halved because half of it's in Canada? In Canada. Uh, it might be because the big horseshoe falls is uh, the Canadian part. And then there's the American side of it, which is like the dinky fall, which I'm ah. sure <laughs> bothers us somehow. But it'll be the same volume. Well, but there are two different falls. If you look at a picture of Niagara Falls from uh -huh. above, there's the horseshoe one over here. And the other one comes like from a from the east, whereas the horseshoe, I believe, huh. comes from the south. Um, so maybe it's not the, the biggest one by volume. And I know we have the second lots of everything waterfall because I believe Multnomah Falls is the second tallest waterfall in the United States, but I don't know what the first one would be. Um, but anyway, currently, uh, the property has several abandoned buildings and restoration process will begin immediately. Uh, quote, we want to reconnect both our tribe and the people with this river, uh, with the Willamette Falls. So we know, uh, so we know that whether vision, whatever direction we go, that it's going to be an important part of the future and this site. So that'll be really cool news. It sounds like they want to open it up uh, because a lot of people haven't been able to even see the falls because if you're going down 99, you only see the part of it that just looks like the junky paper part of it. So that'll be cool to see uh, what's going to happen around there. So what did you find out about waterfalls, Mark? It is Niagara and... Um, it Every, <laughs> oh, uh, Olo Upena Falls is the tallest falls in the United States out in, um, in Molokai in the Hawaiian Islands. Oh, okay. Interesting. So then we have the, the tallest in the continental United States. Right. Oh, wow. That looks like the, um, the falls in, at, at Yellowstone, not Yellowstone. What's the one that I always think is Yellowstone? The one in California? Um, um, Yosemite. Yosemite. Anyway, well, life. Facebook admits it was listening to your private conversations, too. So Facebook mm. outsourced contractors to listen in on your audio messenger chats and transcribe them. Uh, Bloomberg reports that the contractors, the contractors were, you know what I learned about the English language a while ago? That is one of those things that, um, this is not part of the story, by the way, um, that you don't know just because you learn English, you know, natively. And so I was reading the word, they had the word uh, contractors here or contractors. <laughs> so if the, if the emphasis is on the first part of, of words like that, it is so um, contract and contract. The first one is a noun. If it's on the second part, it's a verb. So uh, huh. contract versus contract. Huh. So, and the, every once in a while, words like that will come up where they're spelled the same, but you, um, anyway. So of the top 10 waterfalls in the United States in terms of height, yeah. Willamette Falls is not one of those. <laughs> Multnomah Falls. Multnomah Falls yeah. is not one of those. It's, it's not? No. They're, almost all of them are in uh, Hawaii or oh, Montana. That doesn't count. Or Montana no. or Washington None of them are Oregon and Multnomah <laughs> They've been lying to us this whole time. Did I just make that up? I don't know. Why would I make up that they were that we were the second <laughs> tallest waterfall? Maybe there was more asterisks behind it. <laughs> anyway. Well, second tallest in, in <laughs> Multnomah County. On the freeway in that one mile distance. 
<laughs> anyway, the Facebook contractors are not told what they were listening in, uh, why they were listening in or why they were transcribing them. But Facebook confirmed the reports and said they're no longer doing it. Quote, much like Apple and Google, we paused human review of audio more than a week ago, said Facebook, <laughs> acting like they're really solving the problem. <laughs> uh, they said users could choose the option to have their voice chats on Messenger app uh, transcribed. Uh, if they wanted to. So they, um, blah, blah, blah. So you can, they've stopped it. I don't know if you can still opt in or if you still have to opt out, but um, Facebook monitors users' messages in similar ways. The other big tech, uh, tech companies too. In April, Amazon th uh, employed thousands of workers to listen on those private exchanges uh, over Echo and uh, Alexa. So we're all being continually watched, especially at Mark's house, because now he has three new Nest cameras Yay. that are motion activated. They are motion activated, but they record all the time. Oh, uh, nice. Yes. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, are they like Brian's where you can go to a website and just watch yes. it? Yes. And I do. <laughs> so like Nick was. Well, but know, legit, the there was day. like a dude in your backyard. There was week. a dude in our backyard that wouldn't leave. Right. And uh, there was, you know, the police called an incident and everything. So now we will be able to reenact that scene. <laughs> but, you know, You'll be able to watch him from watch the inside. From the inside. Um, what else do I have? This story is not very good. <laughs> scientifically proven sources of sex appeal. Is that interesting? No. Okay. Well, beard scars, red clothes, and other things are attractive, <laughs> I guess. Um, that and what was the one sentence that I liked? Uh, oh, uh, women were most attracted to men whose level of interest in them was ambiguous. That's so. Uh, that's next week we on Lycus, like on is Tom Lycus show, Lycus. Like <laughs> Yeah, so we we were talking a little bit. It was uh, the Iowa State Fair recently, and and just watching presidential candidates. And I'm a big Pete Buttigieg oh, right, fan, right, right. and um, I I honestly I'm really excited about most of the Democratic presidential candidates uh, this this round. I I believe we've got some really. What do you think incredible... about Joe Biden? <sighs> So Joe Biden suffers from the same thing that Hillary Clinton suffers from, which is uh, stagnancy. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, there's old, the old guard. The, it's absolutely the old guard. And I believe uh, uh, in in Pete Buttigieg's book, Buttigieg's, uh, <laughs> Buttigieg's he wrote a book, book already. Yeah, there's a book. Uh, What's called, it called? The Long, oh, way, oh, Long uh, way Home. Oh, that's <laughs> and, boring. <laughs> it's it's it's. Yeah, Anyway, booty judges, booty booty judges, So he, he, Hillary came to South Bend, Indiana, where he is mayor, right before her elect uh, the election, and it was maybe two weeks out. It was it was a very short period of time. As one of, uh, you know, he's in the Rust Belt and and um, manufacturing's big, and and so she was there crowd of people at this place and she speaks and at the end of the speech everybody sat there and clapped and he reflects on that moment now going oh like we weren't excited about her at all mm -hmm. uh, as a nation you know 
first woman president uh, sure um, yeah excited for that but nobody was like like oh hillary right. is our- especially after obama <clears throat> right called that cult of absolutely and democrats fall in love republicans fall in line and we were not in love and right now we are dating uh, our new presidential candidates and we need to fall in somewhere, love with somebody. Some, some we're swiping left on, and some we're... Sw- I don't know which is which. Actually. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm swiping up on things. <laughs> I've activated my flashlight on accident. <laughs> uh, and so... <laughs> so, um, nobody's in love with Biden. Right. Uh, you know, um, honestly. And, and so... We need to be passionate uh, to drive. Who's in charge of the DNC right now? It's not Wasserman know. Schultz still. I can't Can it be? No, she stepped down from that. Wouldn't right. surprise me at all if the Democrats were still letting all of these people still be in charge. In charge of the DNC is uh, Simananda. I've never heard of her. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> That's what we learned on the Mark and Todd cast this week, that a person is in charge of the DNC. <laughs> uh, yes. Is that a boy? Is that a girl? I key people top press chair. Um, anyway. I don't know. I can think of no one, almost no one knows. <laughs> anything less office, interesting than. Office holder. Oh, Tom Perez. Oh, well. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Google failed me. <laughs> That's a lateral move there for <laughs> so, my brain. Tom Perez. Uh, <gasps> and so um, I, I I think we need somebody that people can really engage with and have hope for and see. Yeah. And I think there's, a, there's really a handful of those people available to us right now. Uh, you know, Pete, Kamala Harris. Um, um, I, she seems to have a lot of baggage too, Kamala she, Harris. They, they do. Really she was a prosecutor. Her, she was okay. a prosecutor. And so there's a lot of oh. things that she did that are, are coming very back to able her. to be dissected and used against her. Okay. And, um, so, so yeah, uh, Joe Biden, like I really appreciate Joe Biden, but he comes with 30 years in the Senate yeah. uh, and, and a lot and of baggage, a lot of baggage. And especially it's, since he's rather, is he rather centrist or not? Yeah. Cause it seems like a lot of the, a lot of the things that come up about him is like, well, he voted with the Republicans for this or that. And, exactly. And, okay. and so you can, if, if you want to craft a message, you could just go through his history and pick and choose the topics that you want to craft your message with. And as and, you do that, he slowly comes out of the curtains behind you and gropes you <laughs> and kisses the back of your neck. Smells your hair. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> Gives good neck massages. <laughs> right. And, and hands uh, across America. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Oh, 86. We love it. Uh, so it, um, Andrew Yang is. is I hear a lot of people talking about him like, too, and, and I don't really know much about him. Uh, to me, it's at this point, it's like if somebody would walk into Avengers Endgame <laughs> without having watched the first ninety-seven movies, and like that's what I feel uh, like looking in. I'm like, I, I've heard of Iron Man. I don't. Is he the one that? <laughs> right. Wait, Spider-Man can Spider-Man. fly. <laughs> so there was. Uh, I just read the headline, and I didn't want to watch the video because it it could. Um, go either way for me but somebody asked pete 
Buttigieg to name all of the Democratic presidential candidates. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I was, don't know how that turns yeah, out. Yeah, I was I was telling oh. you beforehand, I appreciated, um, I saw a little clip of a, of, a, of a Mayor Pete interview where, and I think it was after the last, um, the last shooting or whatever, the interviewer, I think it was Chris Wallace maybe, uh, asked him, well, you know, in light of this, you ha- has your stance against the, the death penalty changed? You know, when you see someone do something this terrible and uh, uh, Mayor Pete's answer, I, I like how I'm calling him Mayor Pete, mostly just because his last name is <laughs> no, too hard to say. Well, when he announced his presidency uh, candidacy, That's so candidacy perfect, for presidency, though, because he's, he's like, such a they call me Mayor Pete. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but his answer was like, you know, I struggle with that because I do think that I've come across people and, and who have done things that those people probably deserve to die. But I've never met anyone who has deserved to kill. Right. And I was like, oh, damn, look at that answer. That right. was a great politician yeah. answer. Yeah. He's he's so trying. He's well-spoken, road scholar. Sensible haircut. Seven languages. He's not... It's not too intimidating, but Chaston would make a great first gentleman. Uh, <laughs> they have two dogs. Oh, uh, Truman and someone else. Yeah, we love them. Are they rescue dogs or are they purebred? Of, of course, they're rescues. Um, yeah, so, so he yeah. rescued them from a fire. <laughs> <He> rescued. <them. laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. So so yeah, I, we'll we'll be talking more about the. Uh, presidential candidacy over the next uh, what nine hundred years? Oh <laughs> uh, uh, well. Anyway, long, well, long I'm gl- it's, I'm glad that we this is going to be like a hundred and twenty minute episode, and we didn't even Boom. really have a topic. So uh, <laughs> I do love these just the just the conversation and all of that. So um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, is there anything coming up that you want to promote? <laughs> do you promote things? <laughs> no, I think. Uh, let's, um, should we go to the Unipiper now? Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess he'll we'll do that later. Well, I, I guess earlier. I some Sonic sketches too. So while, while we figure out what to do, you can go to soniksketches.com uh, to find these amazing, um, pieces of art where it captures your favorite song as a high resolution audio wave and then puts them, uh, as a carefully detailed full contrast image. You can either get on paper or, uh, in brushed aluminum. The polished aluminum is really cool looking. Um, so if you know someone or yourself who wants some really cool art and wants to, uh, have a piece of audio forever in that art, uh, go to soniksketches.com. And if you use the promo code Mark Todd, you can get free shipping, uh, anywhere in the United States. So do that. Their stuff is really cool. Um, and that's all. <laughs> so boy, well, this is an awkward, <laughs> awkward, uh, puzzle of a show. <laughs> Do we come back from the Unipiper just to say goodbye? Do, goodbye, Do we go yes. goodbye from the Unipiper? We'll, we'll say goodbye, and now let's we'll pass you on to the Unipiper. But he's got some things to promote about upcoming events with Weird Portland United and uh, some other things going on. And uh, so let's uh, let's go out with the Unipiper. All right, and we'll see you guys later, maybe at the end of the show, or maybe not. Maybe not. You can hear him riding around in that. Hello?
Hey, I'm looking for the elusive Mark and Toddcast. This is the Mark and Toddcast. You have reached us and you are on the air. Am I the ninth caller? <laughs> First time caller, long time listener. How you doing, Brian, the Unipiper kid? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, how are you guys? Uh, between like Todd's in Alaska, Mark's in China, I, I don't know how to find you anymore. <laughs> Seriously, we're, we're globetrotters. You could almost find all of us at the photo shoot yesterday, but one of us wasn't there. <laughs> oh. uh, but... Well, all the people that mattered were there. <laughs> oh, zing! <laughs> I know my place in the world. <laughs> too, soon. Too, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, no, but I also so yeah, it's been it's been a really uh, cool last couple of weeks because uh, last uh, two weeks ago I was in Alaska, and then when I got back, I got my yearly massage after all of my nine hundred miles of walking around the cruise boat, and then um, Wednesday I went to the Weird Al concert. I <laughs> was that? super jealous. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> just like and Brian's gone. And we love, which we is love. really cool. Yeah, it was really good. It was at the um, it was at Edgefield, McMinimage Edgefield, yeah. which I had never been to a, a concert out on that venue, and it was a, a cool venue. I kind of liked, I think maybe the zoo a little bit better, even though the zoo is a nightmare to get mm-hmm. in and out. So it was nice to, they do a really good job at Edgefield because we were out and on the freeway maybe ten or fifteen minutes after the concert was done. Wow! So that's like walking back to the car yeah. and getting out, getting on the yeah. road and on the freeway. So good job. Good they, job to them. They have like neighbors and they, they have to be done and like silenced by 10 p.m. or something really early. Oh, so wow. They, that makes sense then. Yeah, they want everyone out. Hmm. But um, yeah, I, I'm really super jealous because I got to see Weird Al last year at Revolution Hall yeah. when he was doing this intimate tour of uh, I think he was called it his self-indulgence tour yeah. where he was doing all of his original songs. Um, yeah, but... and this one he brought along a, I believe it was a forty-one piece orchestra. Wow, with him um, and three backup singers. Actually, my friend Wendy knows one of the backup singers, <laughs> and so I was hoping there would be like a connection there, and then uh-huh. I would be able to go backstage or something like that. But there was no dice on that one. Um, but your friend um, Brian John Penman was yeah. there uh, as part of the 501st. He was one of the stormtroopers that that go on stage uh, at the very end of the concert. So he was posting some pictures of him and, and Weird Al backstage. So that was cool to see. Yeah, it's funny how we like have uh, all these degrees of separation just almost on yeah. stage. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough to like taste it, but never get it. Never. <laughs> but it was really great. Um, he sang a lot of his, uh, the ones that... He usually sings. He did not sing the, any Michael Jackson this time, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. And I know he had uh, made a statement about that before. Yep. Um, but he did yeah. uh, Amish Paradise, and he did uh, Devo, and he did Nirvana, uh, and all the costumes that he usually uh, he usually wears for his concerts. And then he did um, the whole thing opened with the orchestra doing uh, three John Williams pieces just as an orchestra. Oh, wow. Which is really cool, too. So it was great. I mean, he is always and every time I tell somebody who's kind of not familiar with Weird Al other than like, oh, that's the, you know, the eat it guy or whatever. They always think I'm joking, but he just works and he is just a consummate old fashioned performer that 
He is 60 years old and he was doing Earns it. full on like he'll kick up like uh, um, David Lee Roth kicking his legs straight up in the air <laughs> like and yeah. running around and riding the Segway on the stage and like all that stuff. And he is just just one of those old fashioned performers who just who just gives it everything no matter how long he's been doing it. So that's always great to see. It's been interesting to see over the years, like how he has managed to stay relevant. Like there's been times when he has been not quite as popular. Yeah. Uh, when he was like doing the uh, county fair circuit. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's someone who's just been at it that long. You know, now there's such an institution that people consider him like a rock god almost. Totally. And now, and now parents are getting multiple their kids nights, into it. sold out shows. Yeah. Well, and the first time I saw him was in 96 or 97, and it was at the Central Washington State Fair. <laughs> but, I mean, it was basically the same – not the same, same show, but, I mean, he, he had the costumes and the, and the videos mm-hmm. and all of that even way back then. So, hmm. so yeah, he's just, he's just great. So Cool. So tell cool. us what's going on in your life, Brian. Yeah, what have you been up to? Well, yesterday I did something that was just truly spectacular. It was one of the most amazing Portland experiences I've had in my life. Um, and I'm not talking about the protest, um, <laughs> or which the, is what or, most people were familiar with Portland for yesterday. Yes, or the Corgi Parade, which was also happening yesterday. <laughs> or the soapbox, adult soapbox oh, derby. Oh, that's right. Derby. I felt bad. It didn't. We need to I do know. a, um, a soapbox next year. <laughs> The oh. Portland at the movies soapbox. The Mark and Todd car. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. That's awesome with a little tiny sidecar with a tiny helmet. <laughs> oh, you could do. You could record a live podcast while as while we're going streaming. down. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> I think you kind of have to do that. All right. <laughs> so um, yes. Yeah, so tell us about uh, your experience then. So that there was obviously plenty of amazing Portland stuff going on yesterday, the stuff that Portland is typically known for. Um, and this was sort of our, in the words of uh, Storm Large, uh, the antidote to all of that toxic sludge moving through the town yesterday. Nice. Um, so we organized um, a photo shoot uh, for Weird Portland United um, of 15 of the biggest, weirdest luminaries in Portland's past, present, uh, and future, all gathered together in the same place at the same time. And uh, so we, we had um, former Mayor Bud Clark was there. Um, and which a uh, lot of I people, a lot, if they don't know his name, even if they're not from around here, if you've seen that, um, the original meme, which was the funny poster of a guy uh, opening his overcoat at a statue that... Um, and it says expose yourself to art, which is something that yep. I saw growing up in Southern California. I mean, that has yeah. been around forever. So a lot of people know that picture, but don't know that that was uh, Mayor Bud Clark, who's just that, beloved in the city. Yeah, that was photographed actually years before he became married. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Um, and we also had Storm showed up. Um, and, and then she and Bud Clark actually recreated that uh, famous photo, which was just hilarious yeah, to see. Yeah, Storm in her, in her nice little red cocktail dress acting shocked, and uh, <laughs> Bud Clark has his overcoat open. Yeah, so, and, you know, we, we had the, the mainstays, uh, Mr. Statue from the streets of Portland, uh, Elvis uh, was there, um, and uh, we had, uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember... 
his last name. Help me out, Todd. You looked him up yesterday, but uh, Toby, Toby um, Froud. Yes, Froud. Um, Which I like. I almost feel like we're not allowed to talk about him. Like it's such, like in my head, it's like. But if we talk about him, like everyone will like want to like get a piece of it. Like to me, he's just like, I cannot believe. And I people don't know who he is yet because like nobody knows what that name is. But Brian, why don't you, t- uh, why don't you walk us through who 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 Toby Froud is? Well, I mean, it's really simple. Uh, he was the baby from Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty simple. He, yeah, he was um, he was but, baby Toby in Labyrinth. Yeah, but his his family, he and his family are highly involved in uh, the the legacy of puppeteering, and he and the Jim Henson Company yeah, specifically, exactly and because so, yeah, his parents did uh, puppetry work and and stuff and worked on Labyrinth, uh, which so it makes sense that they would put their their own baby in there because it's not going to be afraid of all those weird puppets. Right. It's just used to that dawned on me yesterday. I was like, Oh, right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, he, crystal and-, and his mom fabricated the Yoda puppet for <laughs> empire strikes back. And so like labyrinth has always been a favorite movie of mine. It's, um, I just always loved it. I've got all the kids that I work with into it and, and like I've no the weird thing to me is that like usually we hear about kind of famous celebrities that either have a home here or do this here like the the um, lardass from Stand By Me when they do the the dream sequence of the pie eating contest like he's from around Portland um, the girl uh, Adrian Phillips I think is her name well, the girl who was in Jurassic Park and Angus and um uh, those movies back in the 90s she lives around here so it's like you kind of hear about these people being around but I had no idea he was around here and and working on films out in Leica Studios and all of that yeah so he lives here and he just got done wrapping up production of the new Dark Crystal series for Netflix yes um, and he was talking about that uh, they did that in I think they built the puppets in LA and shot it in London um, but you know, this guy, he's just, uh, he lives in Portland and he's like part of the Portland community. He's going to be at the fairy worlds, uh, thing going on next weekend. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah. That is so, so cool. So I, I kept saying yesterday that there's like not often times where I'm like, a, that I have to miss stuff because of work and B that I'm sad that like. I didn't go to this big social event, but Mark was sending me pictures and videos in the morning when I was stuck waiting for someone to be done with basketball practice <laughs> and just, I mean, it looked so amazing and like, and I described it as like when uh, vanity fair or like Esquire, they'll have those, those gatefold uh, covers of like, you know, the most powerful people in Hollywood or like the cast of the Sopranos or Lord of the Rings. And it's just like that beautiful Annie Leibovitz shot like the, of everyone just looking super classy. And that's totally the vibe that that you guys have. So that is exactly what we were going for. <laughs> and what we're doing with this uh, photo now is uh, we're going to print up posters of it. And um, those posters are going to be available uh, to purchase uh, in Portland. Nice. At the Weird Portland Gala, um, which is our Weird Portland United fundraiser that's going on on November 7th. Um, And there are even VIP tickets available to that um, where you can uh, get uh, a complimentary copy of that poster and you'll be able to uh, get it signed by uh, a lot of stars um, from the poster who are going to be in attendance at that gala. Wow, Um, that is so cool. 
so this is like the most Portland gathering ever. Um, and if, if you are interested in attending, um, tickets are on sale right now um, at weirdportlandunited.org slash tickets. I'm flipping through my calendar right now. When was that? November? Thursday, November 7th. Uh-oh. All right. Well, <laughs> perhaps I'll be calling in sick that day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's odd. Uh, do you know when um, any of the f- uh, uh, the pictures are going to be released or not yet? We'll probably be uh, showing it ahead of the gala to, to entice people and spread word. Um, so I would encourage folks, if they're not already, to follow Weird Portland United uh, on social media. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's so cool. I can't wait to see... Uh, the finished results, uh, and I can't wait for somebody to introduce me to my new best friend, Toby Froud. Totally. Well, uh, he's going to be on the show. Uh, we we talked to him about that. Uh, at, uh, a list of other people that were there. Uh, it seemed kind of unfair to only uh, mention a couple. So we had Bud Clark, uh, Darcel uh, was there, Poison Waters. Uh, Daria is uh, a radio personality. Uh, it's Daria been, is Daria. Daria is Daria. Um, Elvis, uh, we talked about Portland's Elvis. Luann. The Rojo the Llama. Rojo the Llama. Rojo the Llama. We had uh, Luann, who runs the Hat Museum in Portland. Oh, cool. She came in, in period piece. Oh, okay. That's uh, who that was. Rocket Mean, who's... Yeah, who's uh, that? She is uh, one of the Rose City Rollers. And oh, cool. So she was representing... Uh, the the very the roller significant derby. roller yeah. derby uh, community. Not only is she a Rose City roller, but she founded the rollers. Oh, wow. Uh, Samantha the Cuddler. Uh, as, oh, I didn't know she was there either. Yeah, she she was there as as seen on America's Got Talent and, <laughs> and other th- other things. Uh, uh, the the holder of the mantle of Keep Portland Weird, uh, Terry. What's Terry's last name? Courier. 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 Uh, he was there. Founder of Music Millennium, uh, the very famous Portland record store. We had the mermaid Una there, and uh, she was in in uh, full regalia there. And um, and yeah, we talked about Mr. Statue as well. Wow, that is so cool. So be looking uh, for that. I'm sure that as soon as it uh, is released, we're gonna uh, it'll be all over the news, and people will be talking about it. I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, and it's awesome because I mean it lends a lot of of weight and credibility not only to to you and what you're doing, but for Weird Portland United too. That it's not like this mysterious whatever universe. It's like this city citywide thing that's being embraced by, I mean, the old and the new and, and people are excited. And it's great to see those people excited about it. Not, you know, either dismissive or, or, or snotty about it or whatever. They referred to it uh, yesterday on uh, KGW. They were there at the photo shoot and and they said that, you know, despite the protest, true the true spirit of Portland was alive and well, Wow, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I was I was kind of going nuts because it just looked so awesome yesterday and the results look like they're going to be amazing too. So um, go follow the Unipiper and, and Weird Portland United uh, to be abreast on all of that when it comes out. So anything coming up besides the 7th of November? Uh, so just before that, we're going to do one of our uh, Weird Portland Creative series. Um, so uh, in September on the... Um, uh, I want to make sure I have my date here uh, correct, but I believe it is uh, September 23rd. That's a Monday. Um, we're going to oh, be yeah. talking. 
talking to Rojo the llama. Uh, or we will attempt to be talking to the llama, but uh, his, his handler, uh, Shannon Joy, will probably have to translate. Um, but uh, that's a free event at uh, McMiniman's Kennedy School. And uh, we're just going to talk about um, how llamas became such a thing in Portland and uh, how Rojo became such a, a famous llama. <laughs> tell you of everyone that was there yesterday rojo was absolutely the most chill and oh. just present and uh always Dignified. hit his mark <laughs> always hit his mark <laughs> and he was just there chewing his cud that's so crazy <laughs> hey when is um when is the retro gaming convention do you know Oh yeah, that's coming up too. Um, that is in October. I believe it's the weekend of uh, October uh, do seventeenth. Uh, no, eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. Yep. Okay. I was literally just asking, like, for my benefit because I know I will, will be going to that. So, so also look for us there. Um, well, awesome! Congratulations! Like I said, it looks like it's going to be amazing, and it's just exciting to watch all this uh, take off for you. So, congratulations! Yeah, thank you, and uh, good talking to you guys again. Yeah, yeah, cool. we will see you for Sasquatch. Um, oh, I forget the subtitle of the Sasquatch movie we're we're going to watch for um, <laughs> Portland at the Movies. Oh, Sasquatch: The Legend of Bigfoot. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. Look and out it, for that. If I if I wanted to watch that, if I had a choice, where would I go to uh, view that? You Todd? have several choices. You can either watch it completely free on YouTube or completely free uh, on Amazon Prime if you have that. Both of which are the exact same quality of print. So. <laughs> So Excellent. yeah, it's 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 an interesting movie. So I can't wait to talk about it. Sasquatch, Sasquatch, the legend of Bigfoot. All right, we'll talk to you later, Brian. Okay, see you guys. Bye. 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 All right, we're back after the Unipiper. We'll see you later now. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>